want to talk right down to earth in a language that everybody here can easily understand. It's a big one. Oh, it's a big one, Nate. In case you don't know, I've been putting it. It was out on Twitter. It was out pretty much everywhere, everywhere that I could put it. Probably could have done a better job of advertising. Okay, let me preface. It's officially not the one year. One year is four days from now on March 5th. But my show's on Monday, and we are celebrating the... One year anniversary of this show being on the air. I got I got some good stuff. We got some guests coming up. I have a ton of clips. I got some favorite moments. We have a new segment here on the one year anniversary that I'm very excited to debut. But ladies and gentlemen, let me just remind you that we didn't start, you know, here. We, we've slowly built. We've gotten better over time. And I think there's no clip that kind of depicts this better, okay, than the one I'm going to play. And first off, let me just thank everyone for tuning in here on Wildcat 919 New Music Now. This is Settling the Score. I'm your host, Colin Settle, along with Nate Gray. Nate, how are you feeling? This is, we're, I'm, I'm having a party. I'm, I'm having a real good, good time. It's nice out. It's March. It's, I'm wearing shorts. Oh, yeah. yeah I'm, it's March. I'm feeling it. That's, I'm that's feeling the big thing. This is March. A year ago in March... So much happened and, and went down, but we made it through another trip around the sun. We're here. Now, Now, as I was saying there, I do want to uh, – I'll bring the music down here for a second because I, I did say that we didn't start here, you know, where, where we are right now. And I think that I have a clip here from one of the very first episodes, okay, when I was – I believe recording in my parents' closet because we I came here. I did one episode here in the studio, sitting right where I am right now. And I I'm trying to think because yes, 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 yes. Sorry. I'm I have so much that, that I'm I'm just so excited. You know, I gotta find a way to to work my words a little bit better. But we I was here for one episode with Devin Garcia and The show was originally not called Settling the Score. It was called Fourth and Goal, a play on, you know, the the football term. It was originally just going to be a football show because I'm a big football guy. I was going to talk about football, but no, it's it's more than that. It transcended. It transcended. Yes, exactly. And I had the so we come here. We have one episode. Then spring break hits. Right. And I was like, that's kind of a weird time to have an episode. We have spring break and then COVID hits. Everyone gets sent home. I'm at home. I'm not here. So what do I do? I stick with it. I still record. I put stuff up on Spotify and whatnot. And this this is an intro clip. This is the intro from, I believe, the fourth show I ever did, the fourth episode. I would email them back over here to the station at 91.9, and they would play them, like, over the air. But this is this is how far we've come. I just want to play this for you real quick. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the 4th and Goal Podcast. And yes, you're hearing that correctly. We do now have intro music. Yes, sir, the production quality <laughs> of, of this show just shot through the roof. The production quality did not shoot through the roof, and you did hear that correctly. That only came through one of the, one of the ears there. 
And I know, because you looked at me, Nate. You yeah. looked at me like I was insane. Like, what is wrong with this clip? That is how I submitted that. That is how I played that. With <laughs> I recorded it in mono, not stereo, so it only came through one earbud, not both. The music came through both, but absolutely not. The production value was not through the roof. It was pretty bad. It was, it was not a good time, okay? But then we, we kept working at it, right? We kept getting better. And I had a few episodes where I, I recorded in my parents' closet back home in good old Hillsborough, Kansas, the borough, if you will. And then I got a little lonely, Okay, I got a little lonely recording the episodes, talking about sports, so I brought on somebody, a very close friend of mine, a very close friend that is with us here tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome Caleb Rempel back to the show. Caleb, how are you, buddy? Ooh, what's up, Colin? Dude, I'm doing amazing. How are you? I'm living life. Because, Nate, Nate, I assumed you knew that you weren't the first co-host oh, yeah. that I ever had on the show. Caleb, you were with me for what the summer of 2020, I believe. Were you were you there for the entire that is, summer? That is correct. I mean, I missed a few weeks in there, but yes, it was most of the summer. Most of the summer. Now, Caleb, I I, I have missed you. It's great to finally hear your voice again. I, let me just ask you how how have you been over the last year? I just kind of we're just having some fun. We're just having some fun here today. It's obviously everyone's gonna say like 2020 was a tough year. We know that, but. Uh, you know, I, these last few months, been looking forward. I, I've actually had a pretty great start to 2021, Colin. Well, I'm glad to hear it. And there's yeah. one thing I want to ask you about. There's something that we talked about on the show a lot, which was the NFL. We talked about that a lot. And Nate, yeah, I want to yeah. get I want to get your thoughts here too. Okay. JJ Watt to the Cardinals. Ooh. Thoughts. Ooh. E- either either one of you, please. I I because I have my thoughts. Yeah. I've got it. I've got it right here. Uh, Colin, I actually talked to you about this a little while ago. I said it looks to me like the Chiefs and Cardinals could be two teams that meet in the Super Bowl here often in the next few years. And you're kind of just like, eh, no, I don't know if we think Kyler's the guy yet. But now I took a look at, like, their five core defensive guys. You see J.J. Watt. You see Chandler Jones. You got Patrick Peterson, Buda Baker, and Isaiah, Thomas, or Isaiah Simmons. That – Power five right there. That looks um, that looks tough to beat. So I think with a defense like that, adding JJ Watt, oh my goodness, it's gonna be tough to it's gonna be tough to beat the Cardinals. I I can agree with that. Nate is shaking his head. Nate, Nate, what are your thoughts here? Uh, because I, I, I like the Cardinals. I'll I like that. them. I think I I don't I still don't think they're even the best team in their division. I just I mean the and Cliff Kingsbury has zero business being an NFL head coach. And yeah, he's a good offensive mind, but being an NFL head coach just I just don't think you know, I think they're building, uh, but I would not say that they're even close to being a Super Bowl contender yet. I I think that they're they're definitely a playoff team. We saw how close they, they were. They should make the playoffs. They yes. should make the playoffs. I agree with that. But I don't know. I think the Cardinals are a very good team, but like you said, I think it's the division. I think it's the division. Speaking of divisions, Caleb, let's take a trip down south to your division, the NFC East, and I have a question for you. What are your thoughts on the rumors uh, surrounding Russell Wilson coming to the Cowboys? I was so excited you bring this up. and uh, 
you you might uh, be surprised on my take here. So apparently some people are saying, or Russ is saying that he would accept a trade to the Dallas Cowboys, which is crazy to me. But here's what I want to tell America right now. Okay, you ready for this, Colin? Hot take, hot take center right here. We don't want Russ. I want Dak back starting for the Cowboys next season. I think that the entire Cowboys locker room agrees with me. I know Russ is a great guy. I know he's won a Super Bowl. And let's be honest, he probably he, – okay, I shouldn't say probably. He is a better quarterback than Dak Prescott. But I think that this team and um, these, this coaching staff, we're going to rally around Dak Prescott, and we're going to make a run. All right? You hear me, Colin? I hear you. Nate also hears you. Nate is squirming in his chair right now. <laughs> That was just a, a uh, that that was that was just an obscene take. I just hey, I don't it's know. Hot take central. I don't it's know, man. Central. That was a little too hot. Um, my goodness, I I think Dak is an underrated quarterback. I think he's good. I think he's better than a lot of people will give him credit for. Um, I just don't see any reason why you would you wouldn't want Russ over. I mean, Russ is probably on a, a cheaper deal, I believe, than Dak's going to be, be going to be asking for. Um, I don't know. I just think Russ, with the the offense the Cowboys should have, um, with the the weapons they have, the receivers they have, Russ would be great, uh, great in great in Dallas. Um, but man, I don't know. I I also don't know if Mike McCarthy's the guy. I'll say that much. He's not. So. He's not. I'm glad he's out of Green Bay. Yeah. I don't know how you feel, Caleb. I do not like Mike McCarthy. I I can agree with that. I'm I'm not on the Mike McCarthy bandwagon. But also, just to make a couple points about Dak, there is no way that Dak would sign and trade and go to Seattle. That like Dak has all the power in this situation. Even if we could get Russ, the likelihood of that happening is, is he not a free agent? His He's contract, going to be. He's yeah, his contract's up. He doesn't have because if they don't offer him a contract, he can just walk. Right, exactly. So the point of trading for Russell Wilson is probably going to be tough for the Cowboys because you can't sign and trade Dak to go to Seattle. There's no way Dak would sign that. He just has no value. Dak has no. I value guess I don't see why you wouldn't if your Dak want to get out of Dallas though. So. But going to Seattle, Seattle is not looking. Seattle is not on the come up. Let's just say that they're going down. They're still looking a whole lot better than Dallas, I'd say. What? Yeah. I'm when gonna... you got when you got Mike McCarthy uh, going for it on fourth and ten from his own twenty, I, I would rather play for a uh, play for uh, Pete Carroll. I I'm gonna stop the conversation before it gets too before it gets too hot. I have one final thing for you, here, Caleb. We have Richard Sherman and Pat Pete. Where do you think they're gonna go? Do you think they have anything left in the tank? Just what's your thought on those two in terms of free agency? Um, you know, honestly, I I do see them staying on their own teams that they're on right now. Um, I think Pat Pete he'll probably stay with the Cardinals. Like as I was saying, the potential power five with having the JJ Watt, Chandler Jones, you know, those guys. I think the Cardinals defense could be pretty good. Uh, Richard Sherman, I. I honestly have no idea. I, I don't think he's going to go anywhere to get extra money. I feel like he's just going to play where he wants to play at this point in his career. I think they still have a little bit left in the tank, but they've just got to play where they enjoy playing right now. They're two of the older cornerbacks in the league. They're trying their best. Both of them have been successful in the past. I think, yeah, I don't think either one of them are going to ring chase. I think that, you know, they're going to stay. They're going to pre- stay pretty safe and sound. But ladies and gentlemen, 
We have a lot more to get to, but before we do that, one more time. Caleb Rample, thanks for coming on the show. Do you have any Thank parting you, words? Oh, how about them Cowboys? Every time. I'll see you later, Colin. Um, every time. I think you have to have more than like six wins to say how about X, Y, Z. See ya, Caleb. <laughs> all right. Well, we like I said, we have a new segment here. We are at the one-year anniversary, but... We, I, I'm still introducing new things. It's something that, that I brought up to you earlier today, Nate. And as we all know, Nate is not a betting man. Not a betting man at all. But you're somewhat of an aficionado, I'd say, in the world. You know, you, let me introduce all to you to Nate's Lock of the Week. Over, favorite. over by a bajillion points. <laughs> Life's too short to take the under. Hammer the over every day of the week and twice on Sunday. Double winner chicken rat dog, baby. Welcome, ladies I and like gentlemen. The, I yes. like the way you stitched all those clips together. Those I, are good. <laughs> I, I got to give you an intro. I thought, I thought I had to give you a little something there. We could have some fun with it. Nate, what is your... Lock of the week. Well, today, 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 I'm, you know, for the one year, we're giving out two locks. Um, ooh, ooh, one of these okay. is a little dicey. Uh, maybe not so much a lock. Maybe a loose, a loose lock. A lock that okay. could be unlocked. I don't know. Um, like an old bike lock. Yeah, like an old crappy bike lock. This one here is a lock. Actually, I'll give you the un- the unlocked one first. It could be okay. a lock. Okay. Um, I would need to find it here real quick. I don't know the exact... Okay, okay. Tomorrow, so we're starting off with spring training baseball. Ooh. So if you like betting on games where you have no clue who's going to play in it, you have no real reason why you're betting on a team, you just want to bet on something, take the Kansas City Royals tomorrow. Versus the Chicago Cubs. They're plus 100. That's even odds. They are are 2-0. 2-0 now. 2-0 right now. 2-0. Now, granted, it's spring training. Who knows who's going to play in the game? But I, I'm a big fan of the Royals tomorrow, and I think they're going to win. Now, tomorrow also, now this one's a lock. Um, tomorrow we have the number. What are they? What's their rank? Number four, Illinois Fighting Illini versus the number two Michigan Wolverines. Top yes, five as matchup. Baylor, Baylor dropped. Top five matchup on Big Tuesday. Michigan is eight and a half point favorites against the Fighting Illini. Give me Illinois. On the points, give me the eight and a half. I love that. Eight I don't, and a half. Eight and a half. That's a lot of points. That's a. It's a <laughs> lot of points for a for a team that's number four in the country. I don't care that's where it is. That's a lot of points. That's a lot of points. So, yeah, I I take Illinois all day. Uh, plus eight and a half. Big fan of Brad Underwood. Love what he's doing with the program. Illinois. They're gonna make a splash in the tournament. You heard it here first. So. Illinois plus eight. You heard it here first. Mm-hmm. Now Michigan always Michigan always peaks at the right time. They're always peaking in March, but. This Illinois team is a good Illinois He's got team. a good feeling. I have a very Illinois good plus eight and a half. Fighting Illini, baby. Ride them. Ride them, ride them, ride them. You heard it here first. On Wildcat 919, new music now. Thank you for tuning in. This is Settling the Score, the one-year anniversary show. I am your host, Colin Settle, along with Nate Gray. And Nate, over the past year, I've had some... I've been very fortunate, I will say, to be able to be in the position that I am, I've gotten to talk to a lot of very cool people. And I have a few 
moments from a few different interviews I've done over the past year. Just a few clips here to play of some former players, current players. That's that's probably the coolest thing is getting to talk to the athletes. That's probably the coolest part about, you know, being a journalism major like myself, going into sports broadcasting, getting the experience. This is a lot of fun, but I wanted to play just a few of my favorite clips. The first one that I want to play here is my interview with RIP former Wildcat Joshua Youngblood, who is now with Rutgers. I can tell you're not a fan, but I did enjoy this moment during our interview. Just, uh, I believe it was over last summer. If you could go one-on-one with anybody on the team right now in a game of basketball, who would you say it would be, and would you be able to beat them? Uh, I would say Malik knows, and I'll beat him by, if we're going to 21, I'll beat him by 21. Does defense really help win championships? No. Dude really said, dude really said, no. Like, just flat, No. That was a lot of fun. I, I enjoyed that interview, getting to talk to him. I can tell you have disdain in your in – your... It's an ignorant comment. Defense doesn't win champ. Of course it does. Of course it does. <laughs> yeah, look there's at Tom Brady. There's look a at reason, Tom Brady's career. There's a reason that the Chiefs didn't win the Super Bowl three years ago when they had Patrick Mahomes throwing 50 touchdowns and their defense was giving up 52 every game, it felt like. Give me a break. I have another clip here, another guy that I got to talk to, Devin Angtel former K-State punter, I asked him, I compiled a bunch of stats from uh, from his time at K-State, um, and his answer to this question that I asked him floors me still, the way he was able to recount this entire play. Let me just play that for you real quick. Do you know how many tackles you had over the course of your career? Oh, I only had one. It was against the uh, Iowa State in 2019. Uh, it was the last game of the year. That, that game was terrible. It was about 20-degree weather and about 40, 40, 50 mile per hour gusts the whole game. And the wind was swirling inside the stadium. And I lined out a ball. Uh, we were on our own 2015 line, And the guy caught it, let it bounce. And then the guy caught it about 60 yards down the field. And uh, I noticed that there was a big hole in the middle. And I had to fill the gap. And I was able to fill it uh, at the right time. Uh, thank goodness, or, or else that would have been a touchdown because the guy literally had no one else in front of him except for me. You go back and you rewatch that play during the game. He had that to to the T. He had every single detail, every <coughs> single little part of that. Are, are you good? Yeah, are you I'm dying? fine. Okay, yeah, cool. no, we're good. We're good. Just a little tickle. <laughs> I just had to make sure. Oh, appreciate. It. Just a quick, of, course, of course, of course, of course, of course. I he he recounted the entire play. From from memory, yeah, straight off the impressive. dome. Straight off the dome. It was absolutely phenomenal. The last clip that I want to play here is when I got to talk to former quarterback Jesse Ertz, and this is what he had to say about uh, an NFL star you might have heard of, Nate. Unless you've been living under a rock, I'm assuming that you saw that the Chiefs have signed some no-name quarterback out of Texas Tech, yeah. Patrick Mahomes maybe, 10 years half a billion dollars what 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 are your thoughts there well he couldn't win in manhattan that's all i know he couldn't win him at what a what couldn't. a statement <laughs> what oh that that excites me very much very much and getting to talk to these former players getting to talk to you know just other media outlets in manhattan one of those media outlets 
Joining us right now, friend of the show, friend of mine, John Kurtz. John, how are you? Are you are you with us, John? Yes, yes. Sorry, just flipped over to my Bluetooth on my car. <laughs> I am here. Good to hear. I I was a little worried there. I thought we I thought we lost you in a tunnel. I wasn't sure what was going on. No tunnels. No tunnels. I'm good to go. Not in not in Kansas. There are no tunnels <laughs> in Kansas. John, I I just got finished talking about a couple clips. Former players. You know, I get to talk to the media guys like yourself. You know, stuff like that. I wanted to ask you about uh, some current K-State sports going on right now. We're talking baseball currently. You were at the game, uh, games I should say, over last weekend against Western Michigan, I believe, yep. in the in the sweep. Sweep! Sweep! Get the brooms out. Get the brooms out. John, can you just give us a rundown of how the baseball team looks right now? Because they are 5-2 and two right now, I believe, after this sweep. Yeah, it was a really nice weekend, I thought, because things didn't go totally according to plan or true to form, so to speak, and they still came out with a, with a sweep. You know, Western Michigan's not a named team, and they were picked middle of the pack in the MAC this year, but that is a good offense that was 12th in the country and run scored uh, per game last year. So, you know, the pitching held up pretty well. And I, I think the most impressive thing to me was that Jordan Wicks, who is uh, the preseason Big 12 Pitcher of the Year, potential first-round draft pick um, in K-State's Friday night starter, he actually gave up four runs and, and really was one pitch that got away from him for a three-run homer, but that's not something that happens often. K-State's so used to him going six or seven, giving up one or two runs, that to be able to come back from a deficit when Wicks actually was not invincible like he typically is, I think that, to me, was the really impressive thing. Um, took care of business on Saturday and then found a way to win a really tight game uh, on Sunday in which the offense wasn't really doing a whole lot, and the bullpen had to hold up. So, all things considered, really solid performance. The strength of this team throughout the year is going to be starting pitching, and they're going to have to rely really heavily on that. But if you were going to pick one thing to have in baseball in general, but also college baseball in the college game, it, it would be starting pitching. You know, I've seen it the other way around here at K-State before, and I think that's a, that's a more difficult task to try and swing that. So, right now, things look pretty good. Uh, with a five and two start that was very close to being six and one. Speaking of pitchers for K State, what can you tell us about Carson Seymour? Because I know he came in on, I believe it was Saturday, and started the game there, and he played extremely well for, I believe it was about five or six innings uh, before he was ultimately relieved of of duty in that that massive win there. But what what can you tell just more about Carson Seymour and then some of the other uh, pitchers on the roster right now? Yeah, so Jordan Wicks is a potential first-round draft pick. I mean, Carson Seymour has that kind of pedigree to him, too. He was a top 100 prospect heading into the draft last year, and I I think the expectation when the season got whacked last year was that he was probably going to be gone. Uh, Now, I think the Major League draft getting cut to five rounds had something to do with that. Um, The fact that that he did not wind up leaving in a normal year, uh, I think there's a better chance that that actually happened. So K-State got really a second chance with him, which is – which is pretty big time. Now, the thing with him is that he has all the arm talent in the world, and he definitely has the stuff. What he needs is to refine the stuff. He's pretty raw uh, right now and, and just does not have a lot of post-high school innings under his belt, the way things worked out. He had 
um, an injury. He went to Dartmouth uh, originally out of high school. He had an injury that kept him out. Then he was transferring uh, to K-State. And then last year, COVID obviously happened. So he's just a guy that needs to get some more innings and refine himself. But um, he has a lot of acclaim. There's a lot of scouts that come and watch his games and did on Saturday uh, for good reason because he will eventually be a pretty high draft pick in all likelihood. And then Connor McCullough, who's the other uh, starter that K-State has in the rotation, I mean, he's the least heralded of the three, at least from a draft standpoint, but he is, I think Matt Walters, my partner, put it really well. Carson Seymour right now is a thrower. Uh, Connor McCullough is a pitcher. Um, that's a guy that knows what he's doing. He doesn't have the 95-mile-an-hour fastball, but he knows where to locate. Um, he's just more advanced in terms of being an actual pitcher, and that's, that's the other guy K-State's really relying on. Now, Beyond that, the bullpen needs to get figured out. Um, Tyler Eckberg, I know they really like as a closer, and he came in and did good work in two games in the weekend series. He still, I think, needs to prove something as far as being able to handle that kind of a role and be a lockdown arm out of the bullpen. Casey Ford has shown some promise, um, but he had a bit of a bumpy outing um, when he came in in the series against Western Michigan over the weekend. So I think that's still something that needs to get worked out. But the three headliners are definitely those starters that I mentioned. I think another interesting thing to mention, John Kurtz with us here on Wildcat 9-9, New Music Now. On Settling the Score, I'm your host, Colin Settling, Nate Gray, sitting across from me. And I, I do want to get your thoughts on baseball as well because you, you were at the games mm-hmm. over the weekend, Nate. The last guy that I want to bring up here, John, and to you to you as well, Nate, is Nick Goodwin. I could be mistaken. He's a freshman. Freshman, yeah. He is a freshman. From Overland Park. Standout. Hit a few homers over the weekend. He drove had the three-run dinger that yeah. tied the game up. Absolutely. Bomb. Phenomenal. <clears throat> what What are your guys' thoughts there on the on Nick Goodwin and then some of the other younger standout players on this team? Nick Goodwin's been a real revelation. I mean, I, to be honest, I did not know much about him before the season. But he's been great. Um, kid from St. Thomas Aquinas, and you know what's impressive about what he's doing is not just that he's come in right away and been thrust in. He's hit second, third, and fourth. I mean, right in the middle of a Big Twelve lineup. Um, he's done it without. I mean, he didn't get a senior season of high school baseball. We're, we're talking about the last like a, a strictly organized season, and that kind of a fashion was his junior year at St. Thomas Aquinas. So, like, it, it's been a long time, and that's a lot of reps that, that you're missing out on, and. Uh, it's crazy because not only has he just had the production, I mean, he leads the team in average on base percentage, home runs, and RBI so far through the first seven games, but he's had a flair for the dramatic, too. I mean, he's been the guy driving in the key runs. These are not empty runs. I mean, he hit the, for instance, three-run game-tying homer in the bottom of the eighth inning in that win that they had on Friday over Western Michigan. So, it's been great. I mean, Pete Hughes will rave about his maturity as a freshman and his ability to handle everything and how slow the game moves for him being at this stage in his career. Um, nothing but upside there right now, especially for a kid that can run and has a good glove, too. I mean, it's not just what he does at the plate. So I think there's all kinds of reasons to be excited about him. Oh, yeah. He he's a he looked like a stud. And it's, it's super exciting to see players that are young like that, uh, not just like – doing well but I mean yeah like you said he's batting I believe he was batting fourth on Friday maybe third either way he's batting like cleanup yeah he's 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 around cleanup so I mean man yeah that's 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 really exciting to see guys that are young like that especially like you said I didn't even thought about the fact that he hasn't played since probably his junior year in like an organized school fashion but yeah to to be honestly he was probably the MVP of at least Friday's game maybe uh, I, didn't, I didn't get to catch much of Saturdays or Sundays, but, I mean, he was he looked phenomenal this weekend. Yeah, to be leading the team uh, batting average as a freshman is wild. 
John Kurtz with us here, host of the game on News Radio KMAN. John, where is the where's the ceiling for this team right now? How how high can this team go right now with the ball that they're playing right now? I think you know they were picked seventh in the preseason Big Twelve poll, which may not sound like a lot, um, but that's more respect than K State has gotten in a long time from the rest of the league coaches, and they were three points out, I believe it was, from being in fifth. So there was really a log jam. Basically, they were picked in the middle of the conference, which, has, I mean, that, is, that represents a lot of progress and where this team has been. Yeah, I've seen a lot of really rough baseball here over the last uh, five or six years, just to be honest, in case they won the Big 12 championship in 2013. Um, and I think that gives you an indication that, like, if the rest of the league thinks that they can be a middle-of-the-pack Big 12 team, that, that's good enough to get you to a region. And I think that has to be the goal right now is just to get this team back to the postseason and hopefully finish somewhere between fourth and through sixth in the Big 12, which should give you a chance uh, to make a regional and get back to, uh, so to speak, the big dance in, in college baseball. Uh, there are still holes. Uh, the lineup right now is still, uh, you know, they have some holes in it. They need to develop and show more as far as that is concerned. And like I said, the bullpen still does concern me. I think there's enough there. There are enough pieces to surround um, the really good starting rotation that they have that they should have a chance to be in every single game. Now, keep in mind, the rest of the Big 12 is going to be pretty loaded uh, as well because not many there, there are not many guys that left after last year getting the extra year back of eligibility. So you're going to have a lot of Big 12 teams that are really deep like K-State is right now this year too. But I think that has to be what you're aiming for is, is getting back to the postseason. Omahatton, I believe, is what they're saying, right? To the trip to Omaha, is that what they're, they're the Omahatton? Is that what they're saying? Yes, yes, and that's that's all Pete Hughes, man. He he's always talked about an Omaha standard, playing at an Omaha standard, and doing everything at an Omaha standard, and that's been his idea since he came in. And I'll be honest, when I first heard him talking about that during his first year, I kind of thought, man, I mean. Uh, I love you, Pete, um, but I I don't know if that's, you know, I mean, this program's been in the depths of the Big 12 for a couple of years now. That seems pretty far-fetched, but it's pretty clear that his vision is working and trying to hold guys to that standard, and that goes for even facilities and just everything around the program, making it feel more big-time, because this is a guy that knows what big-time college baseball uh, feels like and looks like, et cetera. So um, I like the fact that he's put that on, that moniker out there, and, and it seems to be uh, seems to be helping permeate throughout the team. Ladies and gentlemen, host of the game on News Radio KMAN, John Kurtz. John, before I let you go, I just wanted to personally thank you. This is the one year anniversary of the show being here on on Wildcat ninety one nine, and I can't thank you enough for everything that you've done for me and helped me with over the past year of doing sports talk radio. You've been on the show a few times. I work with you. I, I genuinely can't thank you enough for for everything that you've helped me with over the last year and helping me make this show better into what it is. Well, hey, I really appreciate the kind words a lot there, man. That's, that's the least I can do to, uh, to pay it back. You know, I had some, some people that have helped me along the way to, to get to the point where I'm at in my career. And, you know, one thing I can remember recognizing you right away, I appreciated the fact that you – you were fearless. You had no, no fear in trying to get where you want to go and ask the right questions and um, put in the work and do what it is that you want to do. So I am absolutely happy to and, and obviously will continue to do whatever I can to help you and uh, be ready for your success, man. John Kurtz, 
Beautiful. Thank you once again. Do you have any parting words real quick before I let you go? Oh, man. Parting words. Uh, follow me on Twitter, at JL Kurtz, J-L-K-U-R-T-Z, or subscribe to the YouTube channel, John Kurtz. I'll use my parting words for a shameless plug. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> a shameless plug from John Kurtz. John, again, thank you so much. I can't wait to continue working with you, talking with you in the upcoming year. Absolutely. It was great to talk to you guys. Keep killing it, man. Beautiful. John Kurtz, and he, he mentioned uh, before, I have another clip that I want to play here from from one of the former members of the Wildcat 919 uh, Sports Department, Logan Mance. He sent me a clip that I want to play real quick, him talking about uh, the show being on the air for the last year. John said, uh, he, I, I thought he was going to bring it up, but he mentioned that uh, he said that I was fearless and, and wanted to go get what I wanted, right? The reason I got, I started working with John is I DM'd him on Twitter. That's how I got in contact with John Kurtz. I sent him a DM and was like, hey, John, I want to do what you do. Can you help me? He offered me an internship. Went there, worked at Cayman. I'm working part-time now. John's a great guy. I genuinely can't thank him enough for for helping me to where I am now. And now I want to play that Logan Mance clip. You know, we've seen where we started. We know, you know, who is with us. Let's keep the train moving here. This is what Logan Mance sent to me. I asked him if he if he wanted to say anything here, and he sent me this clip of how he how he feels about how the show came to be. Congrats, Colin, on being around in the airwaves of Wildcat 91.9 for a whole year, settling the score. Everybody's listening to it, but I got a quick story, if you don't mind. I don't take up too much of your time, but we came back from the pandemic, and our sports program just got shut down. Well, the sports were kind of in shambles. It was just me, Paxton Gordon, our wonderful sports director, and uh, me, and we needed to fill four days of sports. We could only fill three. The Monday slot needed to be filled because we had to pre-record it on Friday, which kind of didn't work because then you go the weekend, new sports stuff happens when we need someone to talk about it. And then you came along and you talked about big men in sports. And we were like, man, this guy's crazy. But it worked. Uh, the big boy of the week. Uh, keep uh, keeping it up, uh, Colin. Uh, leave a legacy there. Walk at 919. What a, what a perfect segue. A perfect transition. To not just my favorite segment, not just your favorite segment, not just the stations, but the world. I I keep I keep doing that. I need to find a way to what is what is the it's the, the universe? Peak? It's the universe's, the universe's favorite segment yeah. now at this point. Yeah, big boy of the week. Big boy of the week. We're vibing. We're back. It's back again. Big boy of the week. The one year anniversary. I have a very special, how do I even describe this? Well, I, I don't know. I mean, we're in, you're, we're in a, we're in a, we're in a different time. You know, it's a, it's an, it's a new era. Uh, it's, it's a, you start in the second year of, of, of big boy of the week here. And Colin, I think it's time that, it, uh, as, as a big boy yourself, you get the recognition you deserve. Stop. And you, I, I think you got to be big boy of the week. Stop. I think after uh, after a year of grinding, uh, I I, th- I think it's it's got to be you. I think you got to be big boy of the week here, Colin. 
You're too kind. I, th- I think it's it's, it's just got to be. You caught me off guard a little bit, I, w- I will say, and I appreciate it. Are you? Would you like to proclaim it then to the whole world at this point this week? Well, yeah, unless we want to leave it up to a vote. You know, do we have anything else? Anything, no, anything no, else I, good? I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. You'll take you, it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this week's Big Boy of the Week. Oh, I was is gonna Colin let, Settle. Dang. Okay, yes. I, I'm flustered, Nate. You caught me off guard a little bit. Again, a big thanks to John Kurtz, Caleb coming on the show. That was, see, now you got me all worked up, Nate. Gosh dang it. I I do have a few more clips that I want to play here of things that, I like I said, I, I'm finding it hard to describe here. I've been very fortunate with the people that I've gotten to talk to over the past year here on Wildcat 919, <coughs> New Music Now. I'm Colin Settlenate Gray. This is the one-year anniversary of Settling the Score. I do have a few clips from a few other interviews that I want to talk about before I bring in yet another guest. Another Three and one? Three and one? Are you kidding? It's the trifecta. It's the trifecta, and it's it's a good one. I'm telling you right now. Personal favorite of mine. But along with along with the players... You know, like I said, I've gotten to talk to the media guys like John Kurtz. John Kurtz is not the only media guy that I've gotten to talk to either. One of my favorite interviews I think I've ever gotten to do, not that it's the best or the worst or anything, one of my personal, if not my personal favorite interview that I've ever done was with Wyatt Thompson, a guy that I've looked up to, a guy that I've listened to, a guy that I just, I've listened to forever, really. It was it was actually an honor to get to talk to to Wyatt Thompson after everything that I've heard him do everything I I really aspire to be like like a guy like that like Wyatt Thompson that's that's recognized that's favored that's just hailed as one of the greats in the in the K-State community and we are talking about uh his if he had any favorite play-by-play calls any you know just stuff like that over over the course he's been here 19 years at K-State and he was talking about Darren Sproles getting into the Hall of Fame, which off the cuff is when I brought up this, and I think his response is very funny. How much longer do you think, you know, just talking about Darren Sproles, how much longer do you think uh, Michael Bishop is going to get snubbed out of the Hall of Fame? <laughs> well, I'm, I talked to Coach <laughs> Snyder about that on the air the other day with John Kurtz, who you mentioned a moment ago, and I, I, I think he has a good chance to get in at some point, and frankly, I, I think he deserves to get in there. I'm, I'm totally biased. I, I fully admit it. But he, he changed, like Coach Snyder, so many things in college football. I, I hope I hope he gets in. I'm totally biased. I totally admit it. Yeah. Michael Bishop needs to get into the College Football Hall of Fame. I mean, yeah. To be I – because mean, you said did Darren Sproles, did he get – Darren Sproles he got, inducted? got inducted. Yes, sir. I mean, I think obviously they're two different players, very different players. But, yes. I mean, man, they were both just absolute studs in their time. Michael Bishop um, – very, I mean, I think ahead ahead of his time for the style of quarterback he played. Um, so I think um, I think he definitely definitely deserves the nod. Another guy I talked to, Brian Smoller. This was just a few weeks ago, and with the basketball seasons wrapping up, specifically, we can talk about the women, but I want to talk about the men here first. They won two games. They dropped one 
unfortunately, you know, it happens. It's just one of those seasons. This is what Brian Smoller had to say about uh, the basketball team about halfway through the season. As a K-State alum, you know, it's um, you never want to see the program in bad straits. And, again, there's a proud tradition here of winning games and winning a lot of games, winning championships, and a lot of that under Bruce Weber that he's brought us to heights that, that we've never been to before so or haven't been in a very long time. I, I would say that I have a hard time seeing how in a pandemic year with all of the things that we've talked about during this time that you can let a coach go. I agree. I think I think the pandemic year has a lot to do with it. I think that letting Bruce Weber go, I don't think is the right move here. And a, a guy that I brought on in the past, one of my favorite guys to listen to, he has a podcast of his own. Ladies and gentlemen, back on the show, Scott McFarland of the Bosco's Boys. Scott, how are you? I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm, I'm happy to come on on this special show for you guys. Uh, as I was waiting, I was wrapping up my secret day job. I counted. I have been on over two dozen podcasts and over 12 different radio shows in my time as the Bosco's Boys host, and this is without a doubt my favorite show to come on, so thank you for bringing me on. I am just, I'm smiling ear, ear to ear. So is Nate. I am, I am absolutely flattered, Scott. You, <laughs> between you and Nate, Nate giving me big boy of the week, Scott, gosh dang it, y'all need to Y'all need to knock it off. Y'all, <laughs> you got to stop hey, I'm, it. I'm, I'm like, I get in trouble for being too honest sometimes. That is 100% true. So I'm just happy to come on again. You definitely deserve Big Boy of the Week as well. So congrats to Nate being smart and giving you that honor because you deserve it. Well, let's test that honesty because I, I want to hear your thoughts because I know you've talked about it on your show, but I want to hear your thoughts uh, on Bruce Weber, what is his future? And I want to hear Nate's thoughts as well. Seeing that we're past the end of the season as well, just what are your guys' thoughts on the future of Bruce Weber here at K State? Yeah, uh, for me, I think uh, I think for a while you started hearing whispers in the middle of the year that conversations were being had about the future of Bruce Weber. I'm pretty confident in saying Bruce Weber is going to be back. I think that decision's already been made. I think it's done and dusted. And I'm okay with it. I think I would have been fine either way. Um, but I've been lucky enough to sit down with Bruce Weber, hang out with Bruce Weber for a few hours. I've had him on the show. I think it's impossible for me not to love the guy. Um, so I'm excited to see if he can get us back to those highs. But I'm not going to sit here and chastise anyone who thinks it's time to move on. Two back-to-back historically bad seasons uh, it takes a special person to come back from that, and I do think Bruce Weber is that guy, but, you know, that's just my take. I would love to hear anyone else's. I totally agree. I, th- I think not only is he a great guy, historically he's a great coach, uh, and, I mean, I think you just look at his track record. Look at all the coaches before him. Uh, I mean, who was the last coach we had win us a conference championship? It was uh, – Scott, you know this. I can't think of his name off the top of my head. Well, did Long Kruger get us the uh, Big Eight championship? I think, back in 88, but if that was the last one, back in if that was the yeah, last or, one, then goodness, I mean, <laughs> over over twenty years, over yeah. twenty years, come on. So I mean, well, thirty years, or no, oh, close to, yeah. I here's yeah. the thing. Here's the thing. Close, I'm a yeah. journalism major. Over thirty years. Not a math guy. Yeah. 
Don't don't ar- yeah. <laughs> don't, even don't worse. Even worse. So he's won he's won two championships. Two championships in his his what now almost eight year tenure I think. Yeah. Uh, two championships in eight years, and in the last for at the point he got hired twenty five years there have been zero. So, I mean. I don't see how you can't. I mean, he has done more for the program than most coaches in K State history have, other than you know your old guys who did great things. Yeah. The program was at fan- fantastic highs, so I, I just don't see how you can throw this on him. And yes, he's not the best coach out there. There are better coaches, but for a program like K State, he's a great coach. How do you how do you feel about the? No, go ahead, Scott. Please. I, I was just gonna say I'm gonna like play devil's advocate for you two guys. How do you and, and I agree. I'm just playing devil's advocate, and this is what everyone says. How do you balance those highs with now the historic lows? Uh, this is two straight years where it has been historically bad basketball for Casey, which does have a much better historic pedigree than people like to think. And uh, you know, of those, you know, eight nine years, he's missed postseason play completely for four of those. Um, so how do you balance that? If I was playing uh, devil's advocate, well, I think. To start, you look at you look at what Nate said with with Bruce's track record. I think that's that's the big thing. He has statistically in his entire career, when he was at uh, I believe a Southern Illinois, then he coached at Illinois, and then now he's at K State. He uh, he has above five hundred for his entire career. He's been above five hundred for all those teams that he's coached. And coaching is different than the the players. You can't put the I don't think you can put them on the same the same pedestal there either. I think. The coach can do all that he can to throw all the information, put players in the right spots. But if the players don't execute, I think that is the other the other part of it as well. And then speaking, you know, more specifically towards the K State execution side of things, I think it goes to show how hard the effort has been for this team, how hard this team has played these last two, three, four weeks of the season so far. I think I think. Wins and losses obviously are a good tangible for for determining how long you're going to have a career somewhere. But if you look at the fine line between, or if you look in between the lines at those wins and losses and say, hey, this team fought hard, but they just they just couldn't pull it out. Or if they just got blown out and just gave up and didn't try, I think that's where that that line does get drawn then Nate what are your thoughts yeah and i totally agree there's been some historic bad seasons in his tenure but i would just say i mean for a program like k state yes traditionally there's been success we're not a team that can reload uh like ku can cuz ku duke kentucky except for this year cuz they just stink um those teams don't rebuild they reload every year and we have to rebuild um, and yes, you would expect better um, from a, a coach who I think is as good as Bruce Weber. Um, but man, if I'm being honest, I would take I would take a Big Twelve title every five or six years, um, and maybe out of those five or six years, only making the tournament half or four or five of those years, probably a little more than half, um, than just being completely mediocre always on the bubble, never really doing anything, because at least you've hit some highs. At least you have something to show for it. At least yeah. he's got something to show for it. Does that does that suit – does that – how do I want to phrase it? Does that tickle your fancy, Scott? No, I, yeah, I, I agree with everything you guys said. I, 
there was the old uh, message board battle during the uh, you know early years of Bill Snyder 2.0 about uh, comparing him to Gary Patterson. This was before uh, Gary Patterson ended up having that season where they went to the big or they won the Big 12 title. They got uh, you know snubbed out of the college football playoff. But before that year, they had almost identical win loss records. At, during their times uh, in the Big 12 when TCU joined. But Gary Patterson didn't have a 10-win season in the Big 12 up until a certain point. And Bill Snyder had two, and he had a Big 12 championship. So I'm on the side of I would always prefer to have the highest highs you can get, even if that means the lowest lows. So I agree with you guys. I was just playing a little bit of devil's advocate because, you know, radio and podcasts aren't fun when everyone agrees. I, I hate to say I agree with that, but... I, yeah, I agree. You, you, <laughs> you ironic. do have to have. It's very ironic. You do have to have a little discoil uh, between you know what you're saying, and you. I, I agree with what you said, and that's obviously ironic to what we what we were just saying. I I think it's fair to say that Bruce is going to be back next season. You did bring up something that's just oh, just a perfect segue for me. You were talking about the football team, the pro day for Elijah Sullivan, Briley Moore. And most notably, Wyatt Hubert is next week on Tuesday. What, Scott, I wanted to get your thoughts here on where you think these guys might land, if they land. What, just what are your thoughts going into the pro day for these three guys that, you know, I, I honestly think that Wyatt Hubert's going to get drafted most likely. Briley Moore, in my mind, is probably a sixth or seventh round guy. And then Elijah Sullivan is probably going to end up being a free agent pickup somewhere. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. I think I think uh, White Hubert, he started off very slow at the Senior Bowl. Um, he actually wasn't even getting live reps uh, the first couple of days. But once he started getting reps and then in the actual game, he had some really bright spots. So if he tests well at the Pro Day, I could see him you know, being around a third or fourth round pick. He's definitely getting drafted. Um, and I, I understand why NFL teams might have some reservations. He has a very short reach. Um, I think at the end of the day, he's going to have to be a specialist. I don't see him as an every down type guy, but he can make a living doing that. I think Briley Moore, I think he's going to be, you said it, sixth or seventh or an undrafted free agent. I would love, as a Chiefs fan, I would love to see them get him in the late sixth round or as a priority free agent because I feel like the second tight end for the Chiefs ever since Andy Reid's been around has been just horrible. So I'd like to see it. And then Elijah Sullivan, I, I don't I, – even if he has the best possible testing numbers, I see him no better than an undrafted free agent. But, again, if he gets into a camp, if he gets into some preseason games, if he makes himself valuable on special teams, I could see himself maybe making a roster, you know, on a 53-man during week one. Um, but I'm not nearly bullish on him. I think the other two might get drafted. Ladies and gentlemen – Scott McFarland, host of the Bosco Boys. Scott, do you have any parting words here before? I do have some other clips that I want to play. Do you have any parting words here going forward with the basketball team, football team, anything that you want to say? John Kurtz gave a shameless plug to his Twitter and his YouTube on here just uh, just a few minutes ago. What Do you have any parting words for us? I'm not going to plug myself. What I'm going to do is I'm going to plug you guys and all the fun work that you guys do at uh, in student radio at K-State. Um, like I said, I've, I've been on, you know, 
probably close to 30 different podcasts, <laughs> different radio shows at this point. The work you guys are doing is amazing. The work that is done at K-State Student Radio uh, is better than anywhere else in the country. My biggest regret when I was at college was not going out to more ragers. I wasn't studying more. It's that I didn't get involved in student radio during my four years there. So I want to just give props to you and everyone working at K-State Student Radio and anyone who's listening who might be on the fence, any student, do it. I promise you, uh, you might leave with regrets if you don't give it a shot. What you guys are doing is uh, truly elite for student radio, college student radio. So uh, that's all I have to say. And you can play your clips. And again, uh, happy anniversary to your show. Uh, I enjoy listening to it. And I think anyone who's a Cat fan should be tuning in. I, I cannot thank you enough. Ladies and gentlemen, Scott McFarland once again, thank you so much for taking the time out to come on the show anytime you call me i'm always gonna answer <laughs> good to hear all right we'll talk to you later beautiful i i have so much fun talking to him he said that he said the same thing uh the last time he was uh he was on the show he gave a big shout out to what we do here before i i before we go we're running low i want to say running low on time we're we're coming to the end of the show to end off the show, I wanted to play a few of my favorite clips that have... I just have a few here of moments that we've had on the show. I have uh, a moment that I got to experience that was sent to me uh, by the sports director, Paxton Gordon, over my time here. Because I've been here at the station as well for about a year now, not just hosting the show. But the first clip that I want to play here is from, uh, is from a few weeks ago. Nate, you'll know this clip very well. No, I'm thinking of something else. Last year with... Uh, what was it? J-Lo yeah, and, and Shakira. Uh, Shakira. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was an over there was like a, yeah, that was that was funny. That was funny. But there was like a there was like a prop bet on like if she would uh if they'd speak Spanish, like yes or no during this show. Um I'd I'd love to to look more into it, but off the top of my head I don't know a lot of them. You really uh Really, uh, I got, got yourself I got with the. Dude, it's that so, brings back memories. It's so it hot brings, in the it, studio it right now. It brings back memories. My face is red, dude. I am burning up in the studio right now. That was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun with that. <laughs> <one. laughs> I, I just, I think back to moments here on the show, and that's one that definitely sticks out. Another one uh, was just a lot of these came uh, more recently. Actually, this is one, uh, another one from a few weeks ago that I that I really enjoy hearing you talk a little bit about your your personal life a little bit, which I was better at. Ooh, I'm oh, I'm roasted here. Were you skiing. waiting on this one? I've been skiing I enjoy once, skiing. and it was so much fun, but I'd love to just be a stud. Well, that's supposed I to think be. there's nothing better than, there's nothing, like, cooler than just watching an absolute Gosh. stud, like, go down just to, like, double black diamond and just That's your just answer look on a like first a beast. date, is skiing? Yeah, I mean, I know that's, like, a weird kind of, <laughs> I've only been once, but it was so much fun. Like, I don't know, I had some, something I think would be kind of cool, you know? I got roasted for that. Like, I got, I got <laughs> lit up for that. And, I mean... Yeah, maybe I should have said something like you know personal. I want, but like I don't know. Well, I think, if, I think you got to get a lot, you, you get a lot of clout from being. If good you at if you don't want to get roasted, I'll roast myself a little bit for not knowing what this was that you brought up on the show about about a month and a half, two months ago. If I was betting on the Bucks, I would bet money line, and I would bet spread by the half point, make it plus three and a half possibility for a double winner chicken rat dog so you never know that's what i would do if what i was betting the bus double winner chicken rat dog i've never heard that term never heard in my that? Life. it's when you like two bets on one <laughs> game and they both hit it's a double winner chicken rat dog 
Never heard that before in my double life. Double winner chicken or hot dog. But I'm not a betting Book man. It. So, and apparently you might be a betting man. Nope. Or the no. I'm retired. Still, still not at all. I'm okay. still retired. The last clip that I want to play here from my time here at Wildcat 91.9 is during the the K State KU football game back. I believe it was October or November when yeah, the most unthinkable thing I think has ever happened in Bill Snyder Family Stadium. The ball is off. They're not going to try and block it. It's just a wobbler caught by Phillip Brooks. Three seconds on the clock. He's got a lane off to the right side. He's still up and going. He's got blocked to the right side, to the 20, to the 15, to the 10, to the 5, to the end zone. Wildcat touchdown. Number 88, Phillip Brooks returns the punt. At the end of the half, there are zeros on the clock. The score, 33-7, to 7, a 52-yard punt return. His second of the game, number 88, Philip Brooks. I I had a lot of fun doing that. I had a lot of fun doing that. Do you, are you, do you feel the song right oh, now? Yeah. I, I wanted to close it's a good out. one. I want to close out the show at this. It's a personal favorite of mine. I, I listen to it all the time. Big K-State football guy. But before before we do go, thank you once again for listening here on Wildcat 91.9. New music now. This has been Settling the Score. I'm Colin Settle, Nate Gray. This was the one-year anniversary special. I just wanted to give a quick thanks to some people. Ian Punnett, Zant Durham, Claire Todd, and Isaiah Cubitt here at at the station that have helped me a lot. Paxton Gordon and the rest of the sports department that have helped me so much over the last year into shaping the show, into, you know, what it is now. Chris Kirchner and Sarah Jost, they've done a lot of artwork for me. The logo that you see on Twitter, at Score Settling. And the Facebook page, Settling the Score under the same name, were, were both made by Chris. Sarah's done a lot of uh, pro- profile stuff for the players that I've had on. And then, of course, Devin Garcia, the first ever co-host, Caleb Rampel, and, of course, you, Nate, for being here throughout this whole semester, for this whole school year so far. And I can't thank you enough for coming on here. You, I, I found out that I was going to be doing the Monday show, and then he was like... Uh, Logan and, and Paxton, like you can have a co-host if you want. You were the first guy that came to mind. Appreciate that. It's been it's been fun. I've really enjoyed it. So here's excited. to here's to another great oh, year. Yeah. Thank you once again for listening. Here on Wildcat 99 New Music Now. This is the one year anniversary special. I'm your host Colin Settle, Nate Gray. Settling the score. I'll just I'll let the song do the talk and I'll let it play me out. Touchdown from 24 yards away. Tegger back to throw. Pressured and sacked. 10. Morgan to the 15 to the 20. 25 30. Step arm 35 40. Down the sideline. Morgan midfield 40 to the 30 to the 20. 10 5 with a flag down. Wildcat touchdown. Morgan burns 103 yards.